Welcome to the Likes and Cash podcast. So today's a special episode because it's the episode before we actually do an in-person podcast in Miami. So it's going to be fun. We talk about Snoop Dogg's brand deal that actually failed and how Likes and Cash, you know, again. We talk about our childhood stories that traumatized us. And we talk about how Marcos doesn't believe in Santa and how he doesn't think that Argentina winning the World Cup is a magical moment. See you inside. Did you like the um, Did you like the pot, the the thumbnail? I did like the thumbnail. That was funny. Who made that? You have a, you have a thumbnail person? Yeah, Bova. So Bova, pull it up if you have it. It's the one with Marcus with the gun. I thought it was great. Nope, you don't have you don't have PTSD or anything. I know. I saw Ryan. Ryan was like, "You're gonna go with PTSD." <laughs> nah, bro. It's normal. Like over here, it's normal. Like I've heard about it happening to everybody around me, but it didn't happen to me yet. But it woke me up. No, I don't want to. I don't want to live here. <laughs> I want to go somewhere else. So that's I'm I'm going to Poland. But before I go to Poland, I got a quick stop in Miami. You know what I'm doing in Miami? A little in-person podcast. A little in-person podcast. That's right. We're having it. Yeah. There's got to be a, like good venues in Miami where you can do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. There is. I I had the idea to run it with uh two love sacks <laughs> but i only have one love sack so we can't do two we can't do the two love sack idea but there's actually a there's a podcast recording app that i used to use i've used it in vancouver before and usually you could show up and you can they have all the stuff so we're gonna have a first in-person pod next week all right do you know how long it's gonna be um should we do an hour or should we do extra long and just do like three hours joe rogan style <laughs> i think we could do a longer one but there, there's gotta be food there Cause if there's no food there, then it's like, ah, oh, shit. Like, drink, yeah, like Joe Rogan, where he always has like the snack or like a whiskey or something like that. Yeah, something, something. Can get a pack of zins? Just get a bunch of zins. We put it in the middle of the table and then we roll. Old Zinachino, didn't they just sell for like a billion dollars? What zin? Yeah. No clue. No clue. I just but that. I just saw that. Do you take it? Like, do you take nicotine when you work? No, I'm a quadruple latte guy. Oh, okay. Well, there is that Starbucks. It's actually Capital One Cafe. There's one right next to my uh, apartment, and if you use your Capital One card, you get half off. Oh well, there you go. Good, pretty good. I I just started using it because of Dan Code. Did I ever tell you this story? No, I'd love to hear it. So so I moved on to Austin with uh with Dan. The code still wasn't there, and I saw Dan was always popping this like gum. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's a nicotine pouch, and I've never heard of it. Like. I've never seen it. It's not in, in Guate. I'm like, what is it? Well, it's nicotine, so it's, it helps you out. So it was six milligrams, right? Now, six milligrams for a newbie, that is a lot. Like, I take maybe one or two now that I've done it for maybe like two years. He takes six, and that was the first thing I did. That was triple the amount. And it was the day we were moving in, so I remember the couch was uh, not in place. Like, all the uh, pillows were all over the place, and I took it in the car. I'm like, I ain't feeling anything, Dan. Like, what is this? We go there and then it hits. Bro, I can't move. Like, I literally can't function. And then before we even set up the couch, I just fell asleep on the pillows of the couch that were on the floor because it was way too much. And turns out, Dan takes that for breakfast. He takes like one sip of water. He pops this in, starts working six milligrams. That's around what I take in a day. He takes it early in the morning. Like it's some intense stuff. But I found that these these nootropics or the stimulants, they work well. It's like a multiplier. So if you're already focused and you take it, it makes you more focused and it helps you out. 
But if you're unfocused and you take it, then it multiplies by zero, which is zero or a negative number. And then, and then you're fine, right? It's, it's horrible. So it's better to be, if you take it during the thing, than before you start the thing, unlike coffee, coffee's good at the sun. When I was kind of getting off the ground back in my Brooklyn apartment, when I had the anime shirt for your, uh, your first, like one of your first case study videos, I was taking, I would have a full pot of coffee. So a full pot of coffee. I probably told this story on this podcast before. A full pot of coffee in the morning. And then for lunch, I would have a protein shake where I would put lion's mane in it. So I'll have a lion's mane chocolate, peanut butter, banana protein shake. And I would use that to like push through for the next half of my day. But I, I What's think lion's was, mane? I think it was, it's like that. It's supposed to be a nootropic mushroom that, that helps your, your focus and your brain recovery and stuff like that. I never know when those things are placebos or not. To be honest, coffee is the only thing where I'm like, I feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I've taken a lot of the, you know, I take some calcium vitamins and some magnesium glycinate. And if you ask me, like, do you feel the effect? Not really. Like, I, I just take it because I want to be cool. You know, that's what I do. I hear you. So, so what have you been working on this week? I got, a, I got a few stuff I, I can cover. But what have you been up to? Uh interesting. I've been, I've just been looking a lot into. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed. I guess we'll probably be one of the first podcasts to talk about this. The school games are starting. Uh, Hormozy is starting called the school games. I don't think he's publicly announced it yet. Uh, I really thought this is going to be one of the first podcasts ever where, you, where we're not going to mention Hormozy 10 minutes in, but maybe <laughs> in the next one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. What's the record? Uh, five minutes and 51 seconds. Yeah, well, I mean, you did better <laughs> than last time. <laughs> well done. No school, no Hormozy. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll learn this for next time. Um, but yeah, it looks like this. The school games, they're going to do like a 30-day challenge and the top 10 are going to go fly out to their Vegas headquarters. And I thought that was, uh, that's going to, I think it's going to shake up. I think it's going to be probably take over the minds of the industry for probably most of February. Um, it's going to be really good for you because, you know, a lot of your, do you call them students or clients? Clients. A lot of your clients will, will likely be participating. I think it's probably going to take over the industry for 30 days. And, you know, I'm pretty, I'm on a hot streak with these predictions. Let me just say. So, <laughs> yeah, you've been doing well. You did, you got the threats one right. Yeah. You got the Mr. Beast posted something on X. You got that one right. Finally, it took him a year and a half to fucking <laughs> fulfill that one. Uh, I don't think he's going to do it again, to be honest, because I feel like he's all about, and we could, I guess we could segment to that for now. Um, He's posting it basically to, to measure the ad revenue. And I don't know if you've got an ad revenue check from Twitter yet, but it's like it's like fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like look look what I bought with my Twitter ad revenue. These are new socks. Like I'm wealthy now. You got like marble socks, like Avengers socks. <laughs> no, those are like four ball four ball socks, but I don't like the ones that are like too low because I don't like it when the shoe hits you in the heel. I, I hate that. So I wanted to I want I'm a long socks guy. So so Mr. Beast posted that video. I mean, even if it gets like, from what I've seen, you know, 5 million impressions, it's the minimum and you get like 10, 15, $20. Even if this video gets a hundred million views, right? It's like, you know, a couple hundred bucks. That same hundred million views on YouTube is going to get them like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so I just don't think he's going to post it again, to be honest. But I think what he should do is post his old videos on Twitter. Like he has videos of him saying like, jake paul a thousand times for 10 hours straight and like old videos that nobody's watching anymore you should post those and, and rack up some ad revenue that way and then just have it like 
six months away is when he posts the videos when people aren't really watching him as much. You know who I think got some really good ad revenue? Dylan Danny's back in the fight. Do you remember that? He was raked. I don't know if you guys ever saw that, but that was epic. Yeah. That was one of the most epic marketing campaign ever. And the worst delivery ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't fight well, did he? I think he tried a jujitsu thing. Anyway, so it's this jujitsu guy, Dylan Danny's, wants to box Logan Paul. Logan, right? Yeah, so the, the guy's a boxer. Anyway, the marketing campaign for that from Logan, Logan had a way bigger platform, but Dylan didn't. So apparently uh, Logan's fiance, what's her name? Uh, Nina, right? So Nina Agdal. Uh, yeah, so you probably know her because you probably be <laughs> slept with her. That's the meme. So because apparently everyone slept with Nina, right? And he had pictures over pictures over pictures of with LeBron and just a bunch of random dudes. And that was the marketing campaign for it. He would just never talk about Logan Paul. He would only talk about Nina. And it was hilarious. It was incredible. Like, I've very rarely been this entertained with a marketing campaign on Twitter. It was great. But the guy probably pulled in, I don't know, how much do you think he pulled in? Maybe tens of thousands from Twitter and Remini? Yeah, he probably brought in, he probably brought in close to five figures. I mean, he was getting like 50 million views like per tweet, just like tweeting all day, every day. <laughs> it was an epic campaign. I loved it. Also, did you see this? Um, I posted this yesterday. A client sent Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. That's right. So, Solo Brands names new CEO after Snoop marketing miss. So, Snoop Dogg, let's see how many followers Snoop Dogg has. He has 84.5 million followers. Now, they partnered up with this, I don't know, these brands. I think it's outdoor retailers. I don't know. Anyway, a brand. And Snoop Dogg partnered up with them send out a bunch of posts about it, but they only raised brand awareness, but did not lead to sales for a stove. Snoop Dogg with 84.5 million followers only rose brand awareness, but did not lead to sales. Maybe likes in cash, fellas. I, I think this is a great example for the audience too. It's that for someone, if you scroll down his feed, right? I swear like 20 of his last 30 tweets are promoting something and they're always, it's always something different. I'm like, he's always promoting somebody else's product, something this, something that. I think that's a good lesson where it's like, if you try to sell something different every single time and just like you have put no effort into your product, it's like, this is what happens. Your audience gets exhausted and they don't trust you to buy anymore. Whereas if you look at like JK, for example, and you go down his feed, only selling one thing, always selling the same thing and you could change the wrapper, but it's always the same core topic and you've kind of built your audience and conditioned your audience around your offer and now your your audience is much better like for example uh if you go to maybe like four days ago you tweeted i have 14k followers on instagram and 200k followers on twitter but since i built my twitter audience as a content creator but i built my instagram audience as a cash creator you know, it's making the same amount, if not more money on Instagram with a 10th of the following or 20th of the following. I think that's a great, a great uh, example here. It's like Snoop Dogg has 84 million followers, but he built that as a artist, not as a someone who's going to sell something. And I think that's, I think that's a good example. Yeah. What if he sold, I don't know, Mariguana? That would make more sense. Yeah. If he had like, if he just owned the companies and just had one like marijuana company or something like that in a record label and only promoted those things, he would make 10 times as much money instead of selling out for these one-off checks and his audience would trust him. But no, it's, 
always something different. And you, when you do that too, it's like when you have so many different products, you're starting from square one each time. Whereas if you just had, for example, the marijuana company, you'd make micro improvements, listen to the audience, improve it over time, et cetera, change the wrapper. It's a much better long-term thinking play. But for him, I get it. I mean, it's for him, he's like, I'm, I'm going to get paid like 300K every time I make these stupid videos. So he doesn't care. But uh, yeah, that CEO got fired from the, what is it? A smokeless stove company. The CEO got fired. <laughs> they wasted the whole marketing budget on Snoop Dogg. Shit. Okay. Well, you know what I don't understand is when these big celebrities like Shaq, they make commercials or like Snoop Dogg. I'm like, are you not rich enough? Like, why are you doing all this stuff? I want to harp on one thing you said. I don't know if harp on is the right verb, but I heard it once and it sounds cool. I don't want to talk about one thing you said, which is I'm only selling the same thing. There's a shade of nuance to that one. And it's that I don't think I'm not selling the same thing. I'm selling components of the same thing. So an example is I have cash graders, which is the main thing. Yeah. But sometimes I will host a one a one-time workshop. Let's say this one I'm hosting on Monday. It's about selling without sales calls. So I will sell the that same component. It's just a guest pass to that event, which is part of the main thing. So I don't really make offers. I cut many offers from the main one. So that's like an important distinction because, oh, you want to you wanna hear a trippy number? Here's a trippy number. I got it. 22,000 people on my list. That brings me 20% of clients. I have a sub-segment of 250 people. That brings in 80% of clients, 250. So how is that possible? Because I offer smaller commitments, like a one-time workshop or a smaller thing. And once they are introduced into the thing, they're more willing to join into the next thing. It's like, I think that I disagree with the way most marketing, at least in our space is, which is, sell the big thing only. I disagree. I would rather sell something that gets people in motion because a prospect in motion stays in motion. So a smaller thing to me is actually a better route for LTV. So I will sell something that's like a hundred bucks so that I can sell something that's bigger upfront. I would not ask people to marry me on the first date. I will take them on a few dates and then ask them to marry me. It takes longer, but it makes a lot more money. So I like it. It kind of reminds me too about when you said selling components, it's like, a good example of this, let's take Tesla at like the, the largest scale or even Amazon, but let's do both. So Tesla, you have your main thing. So for you, you have your core offer. What would you call that? Cash creators. Just like say cash creators. So you have cash creators, right? That's the Tesla. That's the actual car. And then you can get, not only can you get the add-ons, but you can also get the solar roof. You can get the supercharger. You could just get the fucking merch. <laughs> you see how there's like all these things that kind of support the Tesla brand and you can get all of the different components. Like I can get the solar roof without having a Tesla, right? Because it's still supporting the same mission. Or I could just get the main thing, which is the Tesla. You could do this with Amazon too, right? Like you can, you could be a prime member or you could just fucking use Amazon or you can get a Kindle or you can get an Alexa. I have all of those things, <laughs> right? So like <laughs> I'm a super fan. So I feel like that's kind of how it works together. And then obviously with Snoop Dogg, he's like, promoting a fucking cashless or is it a cashless stove a smokeless stove and well it is a cashless stove too yeah it also was cashless there was no cash involved can we talk about the tesla marketing though i like that have you heard about this guy rory sutherland no he wrote alchemy and now works at ogilvy or like he ran ogilvy you know anyway brilliant marketing guy and one of the examples he gave about how tesla does excellent marketing is if you go to Tesla's website, they advertise the Tesla seats as vegan leather, you know, also known as plastic, but they call it 
vegan leather <laughs> so it'll look <laughs> elegant and i i think that's really smart you know i think that's really good that's why i um red velvet cake is another example so friends i need to announce that we have all been scammed did you all know that red velvet cake is actually just chocolate cake with red coloring i didn't know that but we've all been scammed our entire lives and been sold as a different cake but i like that these little nuances in how you name stuff can make a huge difference in the marketing and how much of that stuff you sell and it could be as simple as just using the capital letter function in your keyboard now for example marcos marcos runs the birdhouse right if you could say we're going to implement the funnel so you can get more leads kind of interesting if marco says we're going to implement the capital letter birdhouse dm sales funnel so you can get more leads now it's more interesting it could be as simple as just using the capital letter and putting a little name on what you do to get more people interested in what you do i like that two two things quick side note one thing that that's i haven't tested all the one thing no flex the one thing that has been a, a complete i did not suspect it at all is having white seats vegan leather white seats i never really eat in the car anymore Whereas I used to exclusively eat in the car. Like I would always eat in the car. I can't really eat in the car anymore because I'm afraid I'm going to stain my white vegan leather seats. Are, are they like easy to clean though? I don't know. I've never had to clean them. <laughs> I don't know. Poor people problems, right? <laughs> I don't eat in the car, so I wouldn't but know. But no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're like, I don't know what you call it. When the surface doesn't allow water, it's like plastic, you know? It yeah, cleans I off. think we've eaten... Uh, one like chick-fil-a once in the car but we didn't get it stayed so it's pretty lucky um side note and i was just thinking about this when you were talking is like one thing that tested as well now as a consumer i understand it is they created features to their product and i have good um, examples of this for my and your product they create features to their product where once you go and start to use them it's like you can never go back so like there's a couple things with the tesla one is there's an auto brake so like when i'm driving if i take my foot off the accelerator it just automatically slows down and now i'm so used to it that if i'm coming up to a car in front of me i just take my foot off the accelerator and it's st- it slows down and it stops if i were to go to a gas car i would destroy the car in front of me <laughs> like <laughs> i would go to i would forget to brake and annihilate um, and then there's a couple other things like the touch screen, for example, like my wipers, I can turn off with the touch screen. I turn off the car with the touch screen. I don't have a key anymore. It's just my phone. Like all of these things have been indoctrinated to their product and I can never go back. And I think of your thing and I'll, and I'll give you your example is one thing that you've done is you've been able to start closing sales without a sales team and sales calls. Do you think you can ever even go back? How big of a change it would be for you to have to go back? It would be like pulling teeth, right? I'd have to like peel your skin off to force you to go back to sales calls now because you've just indoctrinated yourself and now you're indoctrinating others and you've taught people the better way. For me, when I onboard a client, right, especially if they've done their content themselves, now that I'm doing their content for them, can you imagine if they've had to take that responsibility back and put out 30 pieces of content a week on their own and they would have to put allocate all that time to write all the content themselves? It's like once you've been indoctrinated, it's like it's really difficult to go back. And that's a good parallel to to Tesla. And I think if you can create a feature of your product where you indoctrinate people, you have a customer for life. You call it you call it indoctrination and call it um, puck. I don't know the Spanish word, malcriar, but it's like you, you kind of treat them as like um, 
it's like you privilege people too much so now they don't want to go back it's like i learned how to drive a stick and you know i thought that was the only car that existed right but then i drove an automatic and i realized oh this is like mario kart this is easy right so once you give them that it's like when they try the good thing they don't want to go back you know what i mean also big reason why uh, like i want to i want to make a point of this and so uh, this is why i'm bigger i'm big on making if you could choose where to allocate the best part of your service, do it in the beginning. Like always do it in the beginning, in my opinion. Because I think that people fall out of love with things more than in love with things. 100% the day you sign a client is the day you start losing them. So interesting observation. Now that I uh, included one-on-one -on -one calls in the beginning with me, with the service, now people stay for longer, right? Because they know, oh, this is something I can get. And they buy more calls. So just an interesting parallel. If you were, if you had to choose where to put the best part of your service, do it in the beginning. And I think the criteria too that I was just thinking of for the product, it's like, I think the criteria for a product feature that would indoctrinate someone is it has to be something that people were already going to do. For example, they were already going to make sales, right? They're already going to be trying to make sales. They were already going to put out content and then do it better. So like for you, it's like they were already going to do sales and you just made the process easier for them. For me, it's like they're already going to put out content and now I'm also performing better and they don't have to do anything. See, it's got better and it's something they were already going to do. So I don't have to force them to do sales. You don't have to force people to try to make sales and I don't have to force people to put out content because they already know those are things that they have to do and I've just made it better for them. I think that's the criteria for for that product feature that will indoctrinate people like with Tesla, right? You already have to break. It's like you already have to break. So they just made it automatic. You see what I'm saying? I see. I see what you're saying. When we were when we were running Tweet Hunter, the scheduler, Tweet scheduler, something that was interesting is when you write up, there was an AI tool like right next to the text box, where it kind of predicted how your tweet was going to do. Very well, good, excellent, bad. And when they were developing the thing, they asked me, "What do you think about this?" And I th I said, "I hated it. I don't like it at all. I think that if we say it's good and then it flops, then people are gonna hate it." Turns out. It's an awesome feature and it got people even more indoctrinated into the thing because people didn't post so much as to share value, like they say. It's more like they just want to feel good that they did something that day. So we can skip, make them skip the guesswork just by telling them, oh, your tweet's going to do excellent. Don't worry about it. And when the, if they failed, right, and if it didn't do well, at least they had the little emotional comfort and mm, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's the algorithm because Tweet Hunter told me it was going to be okay. Well, that's like some of the some of the features for for Tweet Hunter. It's like there's things that people were already gonna do, and it just made it better. Like for example, a lead magnet giveaway, like or an auto DM, like that was something people already do on every platform. They just made it automatic. You see, it's like so quick to indoctrinate people, and like you can't do that on your own. You know what I mean? You just you just can't. Um, same thing with like thread finishers or auto retweeting or any of that stuff, right? You can't can't just you you were gonna do it anyway you just made it better more efficient and quicker and now it's like why would i go back and do it myself so now you have a 50 dollars a month customer for life it's like if you can practically use those guidelines in your products or your coaching offer or anything i feel like you'll kind of figure out a way to indoctrinate your your clients or your students is it something that that are like it's common on facebook and stuff but it wasn't common on twitter i'm reading the when i say i'm reading is i read the first two chapters of the 22 <laughs> immutable laws of marketing. One of them is uh, being first is better than being the best. The second law is if you can't be the first, be the first out of a subsegment. So I'll ask you an example. 
What's the biggest narco in, uh, ever in Colombia, Marcos? Who is it? Um, what's that guy? Pablo Escobar. There you go. Pablo Escobar. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Who's the second biggest narcos in Colombia? Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Right? <laughs> True. Now, True. What's what is the what's the biggest narco in Mexico? Uh, I don't know this one. Come on, bro. You know it starts with. Ch uh, you're gonna. I'm gonna know it if you say it. El Chapo. El Chapo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah, bro. We've talked about this. We've mentioned <laughs> him in the pod, right? Bro, just because my name's Marcos doesn't mean I know everything about narcos. Yeah, yeah. Side note, guys. <laughs> when I, when I was trying to like sell Marcos into the into the into the thing back in the day, like you know, I thought building report Marcos Ruiz. I'm gonna speak to this guy in Spanish. And then I was saying some things in Spanish, and I realized this shit ain't landing. Like either I suck or this guy's Spanish suck. So we went back <laughs> to English, <laughs> and that's how it happened. Okay, back to the thing. If you can be the um, the first, right? Be the first in a different category, right? You don't know who the second biggest narco in Colombia is. You don't know if Escobar was bigger than Chapo. Right, but you know him because he's from Mexico and it's in a different category. So the things I am doing, which is, don't use sales calls. Right, focus on cash over likes. Like that's not new. That's been going on on Facebook for a long time. But because I've been bringing that kind of to Twitter and to Instagram and to LinkedIn, going against this quote unquote creator economy thing, it looks new. Right. And it's not that I am first, but I am first in that category. Therefore, people relate me to that, even though I didn't create it. Smart. I like it. Yeah. There you go. So there's that. Um, okay. I want to talk about some things that I disagree with. Uh, two things. It's I want to, I think that we are, as sellers, we are not picking up on prospects' language enough. We don't know. We don't pick up on people who are downside focused and upside focused enough. And downside focused people, make the worst clients. So I posted this today. Growing up, I had a friend called Juan. And this is not a pseudonym. He was actually named Juan in Latin America. But anyway, Juan was always downside focused, bro. Every time we go into the games, we play soccer, he'd be scared of injuries. He didn't want to get hit. And somehow, I don't know how, the ball always found a way to his face and he'd be out for the day. And then like, that was it. When we went out to play, Juan was always thinking about what if I get hit? I haven't warmed up. I haven't trained, it's been a while, I'm getting fat. And then what you know, he got his. And I think that if I didn't know it at the time, but if I would have picked up on the, that language, I would have asked Juan to be on the other fucking team, not on my team, right? So I don't think we as sellers pick up on, on uh, buyer's language enough. People who use the words buyer's remorse, ROI, recovering uh, my investment, like oh, I haven't had any stuff from this program yet because I got it from something else. This is not from this, but from that. Or like, do you have a guarantee? That's 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 Quan flag, bro. That's red flag. If we don't pick up on the, that kind of stuff early, then you're going to fill your funnel with a bunch of Quans and they're all going to be downside focused. They're never going to win. So when I was broke, I, had, I was making 250 a month. I bought a $255 copywriting course. And I didn't have the luxury of being Juan and being downside focused because I thought if I don't make this shit work, I wasted a month's salary. So I had to make it work. There was nothing I couldn't find on YouTube, but anyway, I just did it. And that's how I got my first two clients. So I think as sellers, we should be more ruthless. We should be picking up more language. And if somebody starts speaking Juan language to you, shut them off because it's going to cost you more than the money they could ever give you. Well, I'm going to give you some free premium gas because I did the same thing. 
when I joined Cash Creators. I forgot what it was called back then. When I joined Cash Creators like a year and a half ago, I literally had, I hit 3K in a month and I was like, okay, well, my rent is 1700 So I'm just going to, if I invest in this, pretty much have to make it all because I'm committed to a six-month contract. What was it like? Like two thousand back then? It was like it was like it was like two k, and I had a three k month. You know, I didn't even care about the taxes at the time. I was like, I'm not even gonna worry about that. I'm like, I have seventeen hundred on my rent. I got two thousand on this program, and I made three thousand last month. So I had negative seven hundred, and I'm about to add negative two thousand the month after if I don't continue to push. And within thirty days, I had ten k. Literally within thirty months, ten k. And then I made your, that's when you guys can go back way back to uh, when I was in the anime shirt for the case study video with the worst webcam ever. That was like my MacBook webcam, but it was the same thing. It was like, I literally have to, I had no choice. You know what I mean? You know, even if you look at those numbers, like even at that 10K, you subtract the 3,700, you subtract taxes, like I pretty much was just above break even enough to like go out to eat and stuff. So yeah, I think you have to put some of that pressure on. I think that's kind of the key. It happened with you. It happened with me. And I see it happen with other people too. It's like, if you put that pressure on, you'll get there. You know what I mean? But I think a lot of people are afraid to put the pressure because they're too focused on the downside risk. They're just like, well, what if I don't? Well, I'm going to be homeless and like all this stuff. But for me, my mindset, and I'm not sure what your mindset, mindset, my mindset was like, I'd rather be fucking homeless than we get a nine to five and be a failure. So <laughs> there's really, there's no choice here. So I was focused on the upside. I'm like, I'm going to do it. You can also make this stuff up. Like, have you seen that meme? Like, when you're trading and you imagine if I don't lift this weight, I'm gay and my family dies. <laughs> you could, you could imagine that kind of stuff. So to me, it's just like I, I. That's put... what Gary, v, Gary, Gary V said. That the way he stays grateful, it's like super psychopath. But he's like, he's like, you want to know how I have gratitude? I'm in the shower. I imagine my entire family gets sick and dies. I'm like, well, fair enough. That's a great way to be grateful. It's a good point. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I, I don't like that. To me, it's like myself, right? Because, you know, you know something I, I watch when I'm feeling down and I'm like, I don't want to push. I watch Argentina win the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Boo. Shut the fuck up, bro. You're a Latino. What the hell are you talking Boo. about? I show some pride, Ronaldo dude. Fan. The hell's wrong Ronaldo's with you? better. Anyway, because, bro, that was epic to me. To me, I was like, I'm admiring greatness at the moment. You, you have, you, you like, you don't know, bro. You're, you're, you're American. You have no fucking clue how epic that that game was. You, you have like the context, everything leading up to. You have no clue. Like, I don't even watch soccer, bro. But I watch the World Cup. Like every Latino needs to watch the World Cup. Did you know that half the world watches a World Cup final? Did you know that shit? Add that to your ex revenue stuff. Add that to your ex revenue stuff. Anyway. Big fan of watching events that inspire you. Same thing with writing. When I'm not feeling like writing or like, like maybe I'm feeling it, but the, you know, the juices are just not flowing. I'll just pull out a swap file. See other people that I admire. Look at greatness. And then I'll be able to perform greatness. It was a big segue, but you don't understand it, bro. You're like, you weren't, the, you had to be there. Uh, here's my problem with it is that it was so, I'm not going to say it was rigged, but you know, I don't, I don't think the sport is rigged, right? Because if you look at Emmy Martinez's save at the end, where it's like, it's like from the angels of heaven had to have made that happen. But in my opinion, when every person in the world and every referee in the world knows that this is the moment that Messi could win, they subconsciously make decisions in his favor. 
He had the most penalty kicks in the history of a single World Cup. The most penalty kicks in the history of a single World Cup. That is not coincidence. I'm not saying they paid off the ref. I'm just saying that they had to have known subconsciously that this is Messi's moment. Then Messi gets outperformed in the final by Mbappe. Mbappe scores a hat trick in the final. And and then and Messi goes and wins every individual award, even though he didn't have as good a season as Mbappe. But because the team won the World Cup and had the most penalty kicks in World Cup history, Messi is back. He's the greatest player of all time. Nope. It's all rigged. It wasn't even Argentina's first World Cup. It was their third World Cup. So <laughs> not that special. I think it's overrated. And I think Ronaldo brought Portugal their first Euro, their first international trophy ever and he brought them a second one too he brought their first two ever Messi brought them their third world cup it wasn't even unique that's why Ronaldo's the GOAT and I'm leaving it at that bro you know you know what I think you're saying this kind of shit it's because they told you Santa wasn't real at seven years old this is what's going on you just were killed <laughs> of the magic you know like where you asked where kids come from they they just told you like they just told you the real story. They didn't tell you they come from magical birds in the sky with golden eggs. This, this is what's going on. You're just salty that your childhood sucked. That's what's going on. I just think Messi is like the most propped up. He's like an industry player. He's all talent. Whereas Ronaldo sits there and works out every day, never eats a single bad meal. Jacked at like 40 years old. Still, He had the most goals in 2023. Did you know that? You wouldn't know that because Messi still won the best player in the world award. Because <laughs> they just gave it to him again. Because he won the fucking World Cup, bro. Oh, my God. He, he won, won the, the World, World Cup. Cup. He he won the World Cup. It's well, so yeah, messed he up. He did. Okay. I mean, like, Whatever. he was part of the team that won the World Cup. Like, you don't know, bro. You know you know how fucking disheartening was? I think it was, what was Brazil World Cup? I think, yeah, 2014. When he went to the final with Germany and gets him, yeah, scores the 1-0 in overtime. Do you know how fucking painful that was? It, and Messi had a 1v1 through on the keeper and completely missed the goal. He shoots it wide on Manuel Neuer. He had the, had the opportunity, but he wasn't good enough. If that was Ronaldo, he would have scored. But unfortunately, Ronaldo's from Portugal, so he doesn't get the opportunity to go to two World Cup finals. Like, what? how privileged. What? See? <laughs> you see? <laughs> yeah, you're getting plot armor now. Yeah, I just got plot armor. Okay, so question, question, question. At what age did they tell you that Santa wasn't real? My brother told me, he said, my brother told me when I was like seven, he said. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Seven. See, I guess this is what's going on. They killed the magic in your life. This is why you read David Goggins so much because you're like, you don't believe in this fairy tales kind of stuff, bro. He said, do you really think there's do a another personality guy? test? <laughs> I did. I took it again and it's still INFP. My IQ is still the same. Nothing changed. My brother told me, you really think there's a fat guy flying around giving presents around the world? I'm like, that's a good point, big brother. And I never believed again. <laughs> Do you have a childhood moment, anime childhood moment, in which you were forced to evolve into the next character, you know, into the next stage of you? I'll tell you mine, when my dog died, I was like 12 or something, 12 or 13. And I thought like, man, like shit can get real. I better do something about my life. And that was really painful. I still remember that dog. Her name was Mel, she was white and she was awesome. What was yours? This isn't probably like the most, it's not the most deep thing, but I was, I kept getting cut from the basketball team in elementary school, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. I never made the basketball team until high school. I kept getting cut at tryouts. And it was because the coach of the team kept letting his son in, who I was much better than. I remember he would call the house, he would call our home phone, and he would tell you if you made it. So I'd be waiting by the phone all day to hear if I made the team. He called and he's like, you didn't make the team, blah, blah, blah. 
I would just sit in the closet, just bawling my eyes out. And I realized life isn't fucking fair. So get better. And I got better. And I ended up being the captain of the varsity team in high school. <laughs> I didn't go to college or play anything, but I was the captain of the team. And that, that kid whose dad was the coach in elementary school didn't even make the team. But I was captain of the varsity team. So life isn't fair. Get better. That was the lesson I learned. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. The engage, <laughs> the algorithm isn't against you. Your content just needs to get better. Always has been. And that's what we we've kept that message quite clear on this podcast. Yeah, that one that one we're there. I'll 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 end it with the story because I know you gotta leave. But but I the way I learned good English was I went on a foreign exchange to Orlando when I was like fourteen, thirteen. And um anyway, the family I live with, I was really fat, so they're like, you know, we need to get you in sports, right? You gotta learn English and you gotta learn not to be fat. Like, sure, whatever. Apparently, there were the basketball tryouts. Now, I've never played basketball in my life more than, like, 30 minutes in a row. Like, I had no clue what was going on. And I should have known what the hell was in store for me when I entered the basketball court that Saturday morning, and I was the only Asian, and everybody else was black. And everybody was doing this craziest, like, moves I've ever seen. And I'm thinking, jeez, like, this guy's really good, right? I remember... I didn't score a single basket in the entire tryouts, not even the layups, not even the easy ones, not even the warm-up shots. And at some point, we were playing 3v3. And I remember these very clearly because I didn't know what this word meant at the time. But somebody throws me the ball, I grab the ball, and then I just, I don't know, I just kind of drop it. Dude just looks at me in the eyes and he goes, yeah. And that's when I knew, yeah. yeah. I didn't do it this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's over. <laughs> oh, it was sad. But um, I like this pod. I enjoyed it. What do you think? Yeah, I liked it as well. Next episode. I was just thinking like, while we were doing this, we should either do a, lo- a super long one or we should record like like a month's worth and just do like four or 45 minutes. I guess we'll see the vibes. Yeah. I mean, if it gets in, the second go, I can do this all day. <laughs> all right, man. Well, all right. Talk soon. This was the pod. See you, boys. See you next week.